What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we're coming to you live from a couple of places on the internet. We're live on Facebook. We are live on YouTube. We're live on Twitch. We're live on X, my favorite platform. I love X. going to give it to yeah, you. Yeah, you yeah. love it. You oh, love it. Yo, David McKay in the crowd tonight. Remember? Nice. Remember I, that guy? I do remember that guy. And I remember all of you, even if you aren't watching live, we're coming to you later on a bunch of different podcast platforms. Maybe you're listening on Spotify. Maybe you're listening on Apple or Android or wherever you get your podcast. It's all good. We have a packed show for you tonight, a huge show for you tonight with a lot of awesome guests. Some of them are calling in internationally from various time zones all over the place. So I want to get to the ones that are latest first so they can That's I already have jet lag. I have it. They are the creators of the book Fixing Flamingos, which comes out September 19th from Chronicle. Brian Ray and Lucian Brown. Hello. Welcome. Hey, guys. Oh, my gosh. So real quick, because uh, this is definitely not the most interesting part of the show, but it's the most interesting part to me, is where are you calling from right now? You guys are from London and Stockholm. I'm in London. I'm in Stockholm, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so... We bottom. won't we won't ask what time it is, but thank you for staying up late. We appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, this book is great. As I said, it's coming out September nineteenth from Chronicle, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I guess I guess we could talk about the framing of it. It's basically yeah. <laughs> this intern in heaven taking notes on potential improvements for different parts of the world. It marries <laughs> these delightful spot illustrations with text from the intern. It was a joy to read. I loved reading this book. I had yeah. so much fun. Um, what was, how did you two get hooked up on this project? Was this something that came from both of you together? Did one of you find the other? How did it come together? Lucy, you want to take this one? Well, we've known each other for a very long time. And we've had lots of really odd conversations over the last 20 years. And I think the one that prompted this book was... Um, have you ever been in a meeting where you kind of zoned out because it's a bit boring and you, you look at people's mouths and you just think, mouths are insane. <laughs> Almost all of my meetings I'm doing. <laughs> you've just got this hole in your head and then there's like these hard things that kind of protect it and things go in it and then sound comes out of it. Sometimes things come out of it. And so it was just one of those things where I'd, I'd kind of zoned out on this thought and then mentioned it to Brian. And then when you say things like this to Brian, he has all these like creativity receptors that just kind of flare <laughs> off. <laughs> and he said, well, what would you do differently? And that's kind of where we started talking about how if you were in charge of designing yourself, what would you have done differently to this? Yeah. And we, and we had it, I mean, I think initially it was, we were, we kind of were just, you know, carrying this like, or cataloging a list, you know, we were throwing, and it, 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 all of this kind of happened during COVID. So there was this kind of period where everything kind of slowed down. We had, obviously all of us had, you know, a lot more time on our hands. And so we could just kind of like play with this and we'd throw things back and forth and just kind of constantly making, you know, make each other laugh about these absurd things not really thinking, oh, well, we've got something here to make a book, but it was more just like, oh, this is totally insane. It's like, <laughs> you look at the end of your arms and you've got fucking fingers and like, who the hell comes up with that? It's like the most ridiculous thing. But like, if you actually step back and look at that, almost the way a child looks at everything and asks all these absurd questions, 
we lose that ability as we get older. And I think the more we started to kind of slow down, observe, look at the world, you know, the list just kept growing, you know, longer and longer and longer. And, and I think so, you know, some of that kind of, we kind of maintain some of that in the book, this idea of perception and kind of almost like uh, giving people like a, a kind of lens to look at the world in like in the absurd, absolutely fantastical way that the world already is. It's so funny you say that because this book is like the most COVID created book. It's like, <laughs> we're very creative people and we have yeah. every minute on our hands. So we yeah. fixed the small things. Yeah, uh, we fixed everything. <laughs> yeah. What's so it's crazy so about that, Justin, is and Lucy and I were talking about this earlier today. We were like, how many are actually in the book? Like, uh, I mean, if the book is, is essentially like Abby's field notes for all these changes, but it's also like the, the absolutely absurd suggestions that people who have died submit, right? They have to fill in a feedback form when they're queuing to get into heaven. And this is like their, it's really just their suggestions. But we were, we were trying to count up and Lucy, how many, how many did we come up with that made it in the book? We did about 300 and then we, we whittled it down to 136 in the book. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Save some of that for the sequel. Real quick, Alex, I just want to be clear. Did you bring up penis colors purposefully as a <laughs> Beautiful. No, I actually wanted that to be third. I just don't know how to make PDFs. So. Well, we were trying to figure out how we were going to we were going to like slip in clapping labias into this conversation. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you put that right there right up front. So well done, you. Uh, I do love the amount of them that are in there, like we're talking yeah. about. And I say this totally complimentary because you get this sort of book. Usually it's like, oh, you know, there's there's 20, 30 ideas or something like that. And I expected it to be over at a certain point. And then it just kept going and getting more delightful and unhinged as it went. Oh, that's great to hear. Well, we yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think also one of the things that, you know, Lucy, this is Lucy's first book, we should point out. And um you know i kept describing her as like a meteor landing in your front yard and you're just like amazed <laughs> by this thing and she's such a good writer and you know we were i was just going through it again just before we got on and like even the things that like the cause of death for the people that are yeah. suggested, that in and of itself is is a is a book but but it was like that layered with all these other things that lucy you know magically put together that i thought was just so much fun to work with that content. Yeah, I totally agree because uh, it really, the fun jumps off the page. Like this is so much fun to read. There's so many layers to the amount of fun that you can have with this. Uh, it, I mean, I just, I really had, the more I read it, the, uh, the more fun I was having. I didn't want it to stop. So I'm not surprised that there were 300 ideas because the fun really jumps off the page. I mean, this is uh, some of the some of these ideas are so amazing. Um, my former religion, I I want to do wow. job interviews like this. Yeah. Like <laughs> job interview call. one alone, I was just rolling on the ground laughing. I thought this was so yeah. The feet one, I was cracking up, and then like oh, there are no cons to this. It's such a great idea, and then it was like oh, the clowns, the clowns yeah, are gonna be, hate it. You know, like this so funny. This book should be on every coffee table in America with like a pretty thick joint just resting. Like <laughs> yeah, you to come I mean? with the joint. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, One, uh, that's good. a great pairing. Just to, actually, I have a couple more questions, but first, before I forget, I did want to bring something else up. So, 
Every week on the show, we have a professional chef. His name is Brett Macris, a.k.a. Straight Bullet, who Straight either bullet. curates or creates a drink for the show. Uh, and this week, he actually created one based on your book, The I ah. Fixed a Flamingo. Um, <laughs> so I got one right here. It's kind of tiny right now. Beautiful. Love but it. it has strawberries, lime okay. juice, simple syrup, pineapple juice, rum, Aperol, and a little strawberry that's been sprinkled. I, I'm not going to turn this and spill it all over my keyboard. Uh, with black pepper there. So, so there you go. He fixed. Beautiful. You need to say, you need to send that over to us. I'm going to absolutely make this cocktail just after this call. Yeah, <laughs> nice. I haven't tried it yet. I was waiting to show it off here. But... Oh wow! A live, a live tasting. That's delicious. There you hey, go. Hey, all we right. We fixed flamingos. That's what flamingos taste like. Now I know. Um, uh, often I oh, feel yeah. like with a book like this, it's like, well, what's your favorite one where there's so many mm -hmm. things, but it makes me want to ask the question, what was the first one of the 300 that you cut? Like, Ooh. what was the first one out? Man, if, we were prepped I, for questions. I don't know if we, I don't know if I can answer. Uh, Lucy, can you I answer? We had a lot about hair. I mean, the, 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 we cut some out because hair came up loads. So we thought we couldn't have <laughs> yeah. the whole book about hair. Yeah, and hair is is a problem, and then there was there were a lot of horses. For some reason, we were really fixated on horses. Tons of ponies. That's They're right. Weird. That's right. They're and weird. fingernails. We had a lot of fingernail mm -hmm. things as yeah. well. That one creeped me out. There's one drawing yeah. you did, Brian, of oh, somebody yeah, with, with the, the same long the back. fingernails. Yeah. That oh may you know honestly, guys, I think that actually might have been the first draw. In fact, that drawing may may have made it from the pitch like when we were like mm. you know dropping wow. the book around that i think was in the first iteration of what this you know what this will actually look like you know mm -hmm. because i think stylistically you start to think about oh is this is it you know do you do it really straight do you draw and i mean i work as an illustrator so like my whole life is is has revolved in you know in around drawing in some way and telling stories you can tell by your background that that's yeah funny. well yeah, that's uh that's my kid's <laughs> art show he's like obsessed with comics he actually said to me he's like dad are you, you gonna be on this comic thing he's like six and he said he said are you gonna be famous tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> the answer yeah. is medium <laughs> um, but I think, but I think the thing that was a, a big part of you know some of that conversation and the collaboration between me and Lucy is that you know like trying to decide stylistically which way do we go? Do we do it very serious drawings? Do you do it absurd? I have a, a style of illustration that I use that people probably know, but you know with this book, it, you know we wanted to go with a slightly different approach and. Um, and then, as you were saying, once you kind of get into the book and you're kind of going on and on and on, you can kind of expand and stretch and ply that style in a lot of different ways, in a way that Lucy did with, you know, with the writing, you know. Um, well, it's perfect. It's just a, such a great combination of art that's kind of like whimsical that meets the idea. It just, it really, really works. Yeah, for uh, those of you listening so and, and not seeing this, it reminds me of, if you've ever seen like John Lennon's art? Back, he did a lot of uh, artwork and sort of like books and, and liner notes and stuff like that. And it has that sort of like sense to it. But yeah, it reminded me of the where the sidewalk ends, where kind of art mm -hmm. and uh, kind of like uh, ideas kind of meet. Well, and Brian, we should probably mention you are, are you still the official artist for Modern Love? Yeah, still, yeah, still working on the column as well. You know, in fact, tonight's my night that I I, I just uh, submitted sketches a, a few hours ago. So, uh, and, awesome. and I'll work on the 
I'll work on the the finished piece tonight and tomorrow morning before yeah. before New York wakes up. So yeah. Okay. So yeah, if anybody has ever seen the Modern Love column, which I'm sure most of you have, you've probably seen Brian's illustrations before. Um, talk one theme that I saw recurring throughout the book, and Lucy, I'm curious to hear from you about this is reverse aging like that is something that seemed to pop up a bunch why was that important to you that's kind of that's that's a bit embarrassing really i guess <laughs> I'm older, I, so it's in my mind all the time so definitely <laughs> you get hotter as you get older that was definitely like wishful thinking mm -hmm. by the time you're 80 just everyone fancies you because you're that gorgeous <laughs> yeah i think maybe, maybe we could have toned that down a bit but you know we're both <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I loved it. I thought I thought it was a very interesting thing to have this framing of a person writing all of these things from heaven, and these other people from heaven being very obsessed with the idea of aging backwards. I think there's something mm -hmm. tonally interesting there about potentially what it says about these people who either died too young or died before they were ready or mm -hmm. something like that. Whether that was meant or not. Well, yeah, and, and the fact that that um, you can choose your your age. When you when you go back up to heaven, so everybody kind of goes for about nineteen because that was really fun. That's a fun age. <laughs> goes tits up. So, <laughs> uh, it strikes me that there might have been a version of this that is like just sort of direct. Here are some ways to upgrade everything in the world. Yeah. But yeah. we have this this character and framing device. What brought you to that, and, and why why is that so important to the book? Mm, that I think. Well, Lucy, you can probably speak to this a bit more, but I, I do know that initially we were just calling the list suggestions for evolution. And Justin, like mm -hmm. you were saying, you could so easily just do that as like a gag, like a, yeah. like a joke, a very joke, simple joke book, like a novelty book. Um, but Lucy, we, we, you know, I think early on we realized that we needed to build a story around it, like to make it a bit more character driven. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, because you needed a kind of an, an, an arc really to the story. I mean that you've got to have a story with some, where something happens. So um, Abby came in, and you know she messes things up a bit with flamingos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to give any spoilers away, but yeah, um, no. <laughs> so yeah, but Abby, we really like Abby as well. She, she's, I think she's a good character. She's earnest, right? Like she's got, like she's, she's making a, she's making a proper effort on everything. But, but you know, like anyone who's perhaps you know started a job like a, a big job for the first time like they're a bit in over their head right but there's but their dedication is you know is is uh is is real um but um but she but she approaches all these things very seriously right she's like you know she's got a stack of suggestions and every day that stack just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and she's kind of just sifting through it trying to figure out which ones of these are feasible, which ones of these are just worthless and rubbish, and which of the people that are submitting them are just absolutely batshit crazy. <laughs> so, Well, I like that it's like there's not the sort of on-the-ground stakes of like, well, the, this is the priority. It's like, no, I'm going to put more time into ant maybe than I did to war or whatever. <laughs> like, it's very much like an, an equal opportunity approach to fixing stuff. 
yeah yeah well it's it's a very you know she's she's dedicated to the job you know it could go yeah. places it's an internship you know so um, if i could have her email address i would love that <laughs> i just have some fixes that i need you gotta die first justin you have to die yeah. first. Oh, God. all right tough. okay here we go uh we got a couple of comments here or questions from uh, youtube i wanted to bring up you touched on this a little bit brian but complete tangent but is that a child children drawing of someone giving the finger in the background <laughs> i think i think the i'm assuming that, that one yeah uh no that i th i believe was a portrait i mean that's that might be a portrait of me actually he did a couple <laughs> of really there's a really horrific one up above it looks like an probably, old school bank robber yeah but it's like it's this um it's this great one of those like uh like big marker tools and it's just mm. like the ink is permanent in and, and when we moved in here it was just i had to actually take it away because it was like, getting <laughs> all over the place but yeah i wouldn't be surprised now if he's drawing like people with middle fingers but you know uh but we do a little <laughs> drawing a club big thing. middle yeah. finger right? yeah there's uh, there's been a phase of curse words that we went through and you know when you're you know six years old and at the school, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, my Swedish is rubbish, but I definitely know some of those words. <laughs> uh, and another one here, who are some of Brian's artistic touchstones? touchstones. Lucy, I assume that's for you. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, you know, art, you know, if, if we're talking artists, I mean, you know, um, Saul Steinberg and Ben Sean, um, but um you know in terms of in terms of storytelling you know there's a great swedish film director and commercial director named roy anderson who's you know if you don't know his work um you should look him up he's incredibly funny um but lucy and i were talking about this earlier it's like the idea of being funny is really hard it's hard to write funny it's hard to be a comedian on stage and not only write funny but also deliver funny i mean I'm lucky if I can draw funny occasionally, but you know, Lucy was just delivering all these things week, you know, like daily, just sending me more and more. Like when we, after which she took the list and started building out the story, it was like, that became like real inspiration, right? Those were the things that were like, oh, like motive, you know, like when you have someone to collaborate with, that's just delivering, you know, delivering greatness, every single email, you're just like, uh, you know, you have to step up, you know, so in many ways, I think, you know, L Lucy was inspiring a lot of that and that kind of back and forth, you know, when you have that to collaborate with, that's, a, I mean, it's a real gift, you know, yeah. you're lucky. So. I mean, I think I was only funny because I was trying to make you laugh. So. That's the best way to do it. Yeah. Targeted audience. Exactly. Now, without getting too many, too much into spoilers, you touched on this before, but there definitely seems like a potential tee up for a sequel. I know we're still away, a week away from the book being released, but is that something you're thinking about at this point? I've been thinking about it for ages. It's all, yeah. Yeah, we've got it in, yeah, definitely. I mean, we definitely have the material. Um, it's just a matter of, again, it, like like everything, you, you know, I don't think we need another pandemic to make it, but, um, but uh, <laughs> let's hope not. not. But, um, but I, I think, think it sort of ends on a cliffhanger. So it's kind of obvious what, what should happen next, I think. Yeah. 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 So, and are you two, given that you are in two very different places, are you going to be able to get together to see the book together, do any sightings together or anything like that? Do you have any plans for next week? 
Lucy, do you you have a little you have a little celebratory thing happening, yeah? Where you? Well, my neighbors are dragging me out for a drink. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> They're forcing me to have a have a have a little book launch, um, but I'm sure we will get together at some point. The thing is, Brian used to live in LA, so the time zones were a nightmare when we first started the book. It was really hard. So now he's close. That's yeah. a lot easier. So we could potentially meet up somewhere. Yeah, the hope is to do the hope is to do some some of the you know the the usual the book events and things like that and um, you know maybe maybe sneak back to LA and do the the you know the LA book fair and 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 um, yeah. my last book we you know obviously you know visiting a lot of universities and doing talks and meeting with you know you know especially at art schools and things that was a blast you know sharing the book you know sharing that book and and that's a great way to kind of spread the work but also you know work with you know, young, new talent, you know, like illustrators, artists that are excited about this stuff and kind of, sh you know, turning on some lights for those guys too. So we'll definitely be doing some of that stuff for sure. Awesome. Well, listen, congratulations on the book. I can't wait for the yeah, entire world so to see it because it's, it's so delightful. So it was such a joy to read. Um, and I'm looking forward to the sequel whenever it comes. Yeah. Thanks, thanks so, so much. much, guys. All right. Thanks. Thank Have a good you. night. All right. Oop, I cut Brian off, but there we classic. go. Uh, classic move for me. Check out Fixing Flamingos. Yes, please do. So amazing. 19th. Really, really delightful book. Why don't we bring in our next international guest who is on the opposite end of the time zones. He is one of the co-creators of Inferno Girl Red, which is currently running a Kickstarter. It's one of yeah. our favorite uh, massive verse books as well. Matt Gross. Welcome. Hey, welcome. Hey, everybody. Hey. I feel like I should have come in with my video inverted to really sell the bit. I'm like, I'm going to the world. <laughs> <laughs> How you uh, good, good. So good. you are in Australia, and it's morning, is what's going it on. Is, it is. It is. Uh, Nine twenty-two on Wednesday morning down here. Oh, oh, it's man. the future. It's the comics. Ah, it's comic so we love Inferno Go Red. We love the whole massive verse. For anybody who hasn't checked it out, um, it is all these disparate characters who are connected by a shared superhero universe. When we left Inferno Girl Red, she, in the book one of the series, she and everybody at her school and in the city around her had been taken to some alternate dimension and yeah. trapped there. She faced enemies. She suffered loss. She uh, took control, kind of, of her powers. And now you're taking book one and book two onto Kickstarter. Um, mm -hmm. To start off with, why that move? Why was it important to take it onto Kickstarter and head in that direction with the book? Yeah, I mean, Erica, my co-creator, and I always had a very specific vision of the book, and it was to create graphic novels specifically because we, we wanted to be able to create something that could help bring in new readers to comics and hopefully catch some of those people who are experiencing superheroes elsewhere but haven't made the jump yet. And it was our feeling that novels were the form that would be most familiar and most accessible. Um, and like, we absolutely love comic shops, but we also want to make something that will work really well in bookstores uh, and libraries and things like that. But to make a 120 page graphic novel without the sort of like trickle of single issue funding coming in is yeah. extremely expensive, uh, especially if you want to do it independently and you want to maintain control, like editorial control of the book which was really important to us as well. Cause we had a very specific vision of 
what this book could be. Uh, and that really left us with Kickstarter. So we did a Kickstarter for the first one and we were blown away by how much support we got and the enthusiasm. And when it came time for book two, we thought we, it only made sense to go back and use that to help us fund the creation of the second one. Um, and especially because it's, it allows us to offer very cool, unique uh, rewards like our oversized hardcover with the uh, Kickstarter exclusive cover or the back matter. We've got artist prints that we uh, only offer through the Kickstarter. So, yeah, it's just a, a great marriage of sort of our need and the um, support of the community coming together to create independent comics. Yay! Yeah. Well, yeah. We are we're getting a bunch of comics and it's it's I'm listening to you but I'm really just looking at your lovely geek room that you are uh, coming to us from. Uh, do you mind like just kind of uh, pointing out a couple things in that back room because that that poster looks amazing, the Thank the yeah. bookshelf Sorry. of amazing uh, kind of uh, stuff there. I mean. You know, I don't mean to derail everything, but man, that no, no, I listen, would love to be in that room because it looks so cool. Totally. Well, that uh, poster behind me is the trade cover for Self Made, which was my, fir was my first ever image series. That's why oh, Eduardo wow. Ferragato. If you are into Radiant Black, you'll know Eduardo, who's done some art for that series. And that's actually colored by Marcelo, who's the co-creator of Radiant Black. Yeah. Uh, awesome. So I love that. Very dear and dear to my heart. I have my replica Infernal Red helmet. On the oh, shelf behind yeah. me. That was one of the rewards for the first Kickstarter campaign. One of, I think, 12 in the world. It's very cool. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Congrats um, on getting obviously, that. that. Yeah, thank you. How, how did I pull that off? <laughs> yeah, how did I pull that off? That's <laughs> so really donated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, then obviously I've got my comics and whatnot over oh. here. Um, a lot of whatnot. Like Lego flowers everywhere. Yeah, it's a real, yeah. it's a real nerd place. Can you talk <laughs> a little bit about... Inferno Girl Red's place in the Massiverse. Uh, we had Kyle Hins on the show a couple months back, maybe even a year mm. at this point. I don't remember. Just generally talking about the Massiverse and the and the universe. But it, this was pre-Inferno Girl Red, I think. So I'm curious to hear how she fits in and how you came on board here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I Kyle and I started working on the book at about the same time together. Um, and it was there was kind of individual books and we both had different ideas of what we wanted to do, but uh, it was Kyle, myself and Ryan Parrott as well. We all kind of realized together that we were working on something that um, there was a lot of synergy there and we had a lot of sort of yeah. like shared beliefs and shared passions. And um, we just kind of had this conversation of like, we, we want to make sure that the books remain accessible and, it's never derailed by any shared continuity or you never feel obligated to read anything else, but we could try our own kind of version of the shared superhero universe. Um, and yeah, it just allowed us to do a lot of cool things. Like we do these annual crossovers called Supermassive. We've got a fighting card game featuring the characters coming out next year, which we're very excited oh, about. Wow. Um, so it allows us to all kind of support each other and have this little community um, while doing our own thing and um yeah it's i just i love it because we, we're carving out our own spaces like each book feels very different um and it means that if you really love inferno Girl red and you hear about a super massive and you check that out maybe you discover radiant black or rogue sun or the dead lucky um or no one and you get pulled off in another direction in our little universe it's amazing like you're saying the way that it everything does feel sort of of a piece while being wildly different and going in its own direction 
feel like that's so hard to achieve. And the way that you're able to, uh, I guess, just sort of just be together without having to be, I feel like there would be pressure to be constantly leaning into each other's create creative swings. Uh, is that, do you feel that? Or are you just like, oh, we check in every now and again? Yeah, I mean, we all talk pretty constantly. It helps a lot that we're just friends. Like, we, we uh, <laughs> all have a shake. Oh, you talk all. to your friends? Interesting. Yeah, oh. but, you know, when I have to. It's crazy. When <laughs> I have to. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we, we, uh, talk super regularly and I think we both all, when we first had this idea, we all had kind of the same concerns as well. We didn't want to step on each other's toes. We didn't want to create a mess of continuity that, uh, messed up the reading experience. Cause part of this for us was in some ways we wanted to try and, you know, reinvent superhero comics sounds very grandiose, but like take another swing at it, um, in our own little way and try and avoid some of the pitfalls that sometimes come necessarily from doing work at big publishers. And I think Kyle and Ryan have both had experiences at um, DC in particular where, you know, that they, they loved working on their books, but they, there were mandates that came in and they had to do certain things because of events and that and whatnot. So they had their own concerns coming in um, the things they wanted to avoid. So we had a lot of guardrails set up and yeah, most important of all was just that sense of making sure that we're never making extra work for people that they could come in and read book one, book two, book three, book four of any series, start anywhere and have a complete and fulfilling experience. Well, let me, let me ask you about this, just a specific instance of potential coordination in Radiant Pink and mild spoiler here, if you haven't read it, there's this great scene when they're popping into different universes and taking a look and they take a look through a portal and they see Inferno Girl Red's city right there. And it's a great moment in the book, but how does that get set up? Do the, does the Radiant Pink team call you and be like, hey, is it cool we do this? Uh, Pete's playing the it's cool music, so we know it's cool. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's uh, very, like, low-key and casual. Thankfully, uh, Michael Basudel, Mr. Massiverse, as we call him, is the editor on all of the Massiverse books except for Inferno Girl Red, on which he's assistant editor. So he's across. Oh. Uh, nice. So it's just, a, like, he will just message me on WhatsApp and be like, hey, um, Melissa had this idea. Is this cool? And I'm like, yeah, of course. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, so very casual. And I think that's, you know, we like to keep it that way uh and in some ways we feel like it's kind of the uh image comics vibe you know just being casual supporting each other and i i had this very bizarre moment when we experienced kyle and i experienced this firsthand when we're working on the second supermassive because we had this idea because some of it is set in the medieval time period we're like medieval spawn could be here do you think (laughs) do you think todd mcfarlane would go for that and like, oh, I don't like, you know, it's 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 the Todd, it's Spawn. Uh, I guess we could ask. Um, so at a convention a year or two ago, Kyle and I just sort of like approached Todd, laid everything out for us. He's like, <laughs> yeah, man, of course, whatever. Uh, that sounds wow. great. Happy to support you guys. And that was it. That was the like end of the conversation. Approved. Thumbs up. Off you go. No other requests from him. Um, so it was just very cool to see that like our dynamic is kind of modeled across the, the the grander image universe it was a really sweet moment that's cool well talk about uh, a more specific dynamic working with erica duraso on yeah. the art we love her art it's so good in this book and yeah. i love the fact that like i assume part of this is the release schedule and the way they're hitting it that it feels 
like the lines are very thick and the print is very good. And I, I assume there's a lot of time that she is spending on this. So talk a little bit about your coordination there. Yeah, I mean, uh, Erica's co-creator on the book. So she has been involved since the earliest stages. She's helped shape the story. Um, and so much of her personality is infused all throughout it. And I think that's why, like, the, the work is so good. I think, too, she's found a partner in Agamonte who colors the book. Um, and his style, again, is, like, so vivid and specific. And they've discovered how much they elevate each other. Um, but, yeah, it's it's always been, thankfully, very casual. And we're all so passionate about the book that, you know, we all come from the place of just jamming and deciding on the best ideas and there's, like, no ego involved. We just want to make the best thing possible. And I think now that we're, like, starting to work on book two, the only thing that's really changed is that we have a better idea of each other's strengths and we can really work to that. I know what Erica is going to hit out of the park most of all. I, and that's true of, of Igor as well. Like, I know some of his uh like coloring approaches and how much he can use light to impact a scene and um how he can use like inverted colors to accentuate action so i can like build those moments more specifically into it so if anything we're just like more of a well-oiled machine but i feel so privileged to work with those guys they're just the best yeah. Uh, what about from a plot perspective? Like we mentioned, they're still in a pretty bad place here, maybe even a worse place in some senses at the end of book one. So what can we expect in book two? Yeah. Well, yeah, things, uh, you know, Cassia had something of a victory at the end of book one, but it also came at a pretty intense loss. And now Cassie's kind of without her only support network, uh, not just the yeah. support network she had as a superhero, but really the only one she had as a person her entire life. So she's going to have to figure out how to rebuild that support network and figure out who she can turn to for help, especially in a city, in a place where enemies are everywhere and you don't know who you can trust. Uh, and she's going to have to do this at a time when things start going badly very quickly uh, on a few different fronts, actually. She is obviously fighting this war against the darkness that's pressing in from all sides in the city, but also the consequences of what happened in the conclusion of book one and what that means for some of the people around her are going to come back to haunt her as well. So she's going to have both personal and kind of superheroic stakes to, to deal with. And then on top of all that, there's a pair of twin teenagers who are just the absolute worst. They're delightful. <laughs> uh, come onto the scene they're, I think they're one of Erica's favorite sets of characters I've ever created. Cause they're just, uh, irredeemable uh and they have designs of their own on the city and they're going to cause problems as well so she's juggling a lot yeah and Later. do you see this at this point what is the arc is it a three book thing is it an ongoing thing i i i have broad broad plans um you know because we have to get this thing funded we're really taking it <laughs> book by book at the sure. moment but i i do have a a broad kind of six to seven book structure in Ooh, mind but it, wow it's, nice yeah it's loose in the sense of like i always want to make room to discover things as i go and chase down cool ideas i never want to feel like i'm just rolling out a machine you know so there's um we have those intentions and i, I like doing that because it means that we can seed stuff like this stuff in book one that you know may not pay off until book four or book five for example in small ways um and i, I like that sort of chris claremontie approach where you 
while you're in the middle and think of one story, you're laying the seeds for another. So it never feels like this strange confluence of like, oh, and now this thing has just started up just after the last thing finished conveniently. It's more of an organic way of telling stories. That's how I found life to be. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) It doesn't just end cleanly and then start up on the next mission. Yeah, it's so frustrating. Uh, to ask specifically about the Kickstarter, so I'm just looking at it now. It already had a jump from when I checked it at the beginning of today, but you have a goal of 85000 You're currently at 60686 with oh, nine days to it go. It just went up on my screen. Oh, did it? Yeah. Ooh. Wow. Okay. Thank you for the help, guys. Yeah, there we go. You're getting the vaunted comic book club bump. Yeah, I heard from the last interview that I'm going to be famous now. (laughs) To a six-year-old. Look, I'll take it. Yeah, exactly. In Stockholm. So in in these last nine days, if people pledge the Kickstarter, what can they expect? Yeah, I mean, we have a bunch of different reward tiers. You can get uh, the book. You can get book two digitally. You can get book two in our oversized exclusive hardcover. We're also offering book one as a hardcover and a PDF. So if you knew you were in front of Go Red, you can jump in. Uh, we also have the chance to get drawn into Inferno Go Red. Ooh. We have writer uh, portfolio reviews with myself and Kyle and Michael. We have artist portfolio reviews with Erica oh, and Kyle. Awesome. Uh, we also have the the granddaddy of them all, the hugest here, which is going into the Massive Verse, where you get drawn into every single Massive Verse book. <laughs> what? Wow. Yeah. wow. That's A- crazy. Across the line. Uh, and you'll also get from Erica an illustration of you uh, standing alongside the Massive Us Heroes, you'll get that original art from Erica, and then Igor will color that, so you'll have a colored digital version as well. Wow. <laughs> Is there... Yeah, that's why. That's a amazing. Every book. And there's Every a book. tier where you actually get the powers of Radiant Black, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's a big one. We yeah, had to really set the number higher. Yeah, yeah. Just, just one of those. Goal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we also have some add-ons. There's some Infogo Red Pins. We're doing a behind-the-scenes podcast series. Uh I feel like the second of game. But yeah, the heaps of stuff. For, yeah. for, no matter what you'd like, we've got it. Thanks. Yeah, you got it all covered. You got it all covered. That is awesome, Matt. We love this book. Um, fingers yeah, crossed. Because I really do want to see the second one. I'm very excited for it. Um, congratulations on everything. I guess I would say good night, but enjoy the rest of your day. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Yeah, enjoy you. Wednesday. Good evening to you guys. And thank you so much for having me. It's been great. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Matt. See you. All right, there we go. Oh, Once man. again, Inferno. I hate to leave his room. It was so cool in there. Yeah, you were you were online booking a ticket to Australia right now, right? That's, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, who wouldn't want to go to that location? It seems so. <laughs> That's dirty the number and one location in Australia. Did you know? That? I believe that. I believe. I want to go the there. Sydney just for that Opera room. House, and then you go there. Those are the two. I would there. switch Huge the order, but that still, I would hit a insulting bump. somehow, but. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you should go pledge it. Oh, it did jump up a little bit. You're right. I uh, go check it out. It is up as of this taping nine days. It's going to close September 21st at 11:59 p.m. Eastern, and it's great. And we have one more guests. One more guest. Excuse me for you tonight. He is the creator of the upcoming haunted house. A love story, ladies and gentlemen, Winston Gambro. Winston. Hey, welcome, Winston. Winston. Guys. Now, All let's right. start off yeah. with our time zone check. What time zone are you in? Yeah, Winston? where are you? I come you from the world? distant land of Chicago, Illinois. Whoa. Ooh, that is actually a different time zone than us. 
Yeah, so all right. It's cool. earlier there. It's all yeah, well, together. setting this up, I had to Google the time zone difference three or four times. Right. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, well, there you go. Well, I'm excited to talk about this book. This one is not going to be out for a while. I believe it's in stores November 1st. Is that correct? Yeah, From uh, and FOC is the end of this week. Okay, so for those who don't know, uh, who are casual comic book fans, that's final order cutoff. So that basically means if you like what we're talking about here on the show, go to your comic book shop, tell them you want to order the comic, because that really helps in terms of setting the tone for the orders. Um, but there you go. Why don't we talk about it? Winston, do you want to give the pitch for the book? Because we are so far off. Sure. Normally I'd do it, but I'd rather not spoil anything, so I'd rather yeah. hear from you. Yeah, sure. It's about a sentient house that falls in love with the person living in it. When that person gets into a relationship with someone else, the house gets jealous and seeks vengeance. Yeah, it's oh, one of my worst go. nightmares. <laughs> you worried about the houses coming for you, Pete? Yeah, 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 definitely. You know, it's like my luck. I don't fall in love with a human. A house becomes obsessed with me and then, you know, it's, it's all over. Yeah, Pete, oh, I don't mean good. to scare you, but there's one right behind you. Ah! <laughs> uh, I really like this book a lot. This is a creepy, weird, uh, engrossing, uh, romantic, and sad story, uh, like you were hinting there. I love the fact that it's also not ongoing, but a miniseries. You're going to get to see more about this. This feels like the sort of thing that could be very Tales from the Crypt done in one, but that's clearly yeah. not the intention here. Why make it a six-issue series versus that one shot? Well, I had a full story I wanted to tell, and um, I guess it's not a spoiler to say that each issue is going to be uh, one of the five stages of grief, starting with issue two. So using that framing device, I kind of got locked into a total of six issues. So this issue is the grief itself, and the rest of the series is how the house goes through it. Uh, now, when uh, in a lot of comics, it's when you're designing your main character, you look at different uh, fashion ideas, uh, different body characteristics. This is uh, your main character is a house, sort of technically. <laughs> so, how did you choose the house? Yeah, wh- how'd you? Oh, that's a good one. I looked up a lot of uh, architecture, a lot of Victorian era houses, as well as just that's famous. The creepiest, yeah, alleg- yeah. <laughs> yeah, allegedly haunted houses or actually haunted houses. Um, And then I kind of composited it all, and uh, I have a friend that's a 3D modeler, and he Mm. took my drawings and made an actual 3D model that I used as reference. Oh, wow. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. So when you were going through and creating the book, you kind of could actually figure out where the characters were going geographically based on that model? Unfortunately, I wish next time I would do that. <laughs> it was just the exterior. So all exterior shots are traced over this 3D model. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't have to rework uh, rework perspective in every single panel every single time. Uh, but uh, yes, interiors. Cool. Next time for Haunted House, A Love Story 2, Book of Secrets. <laughs> Ooh, I love that. Oh, good name. Yeah, Book good of name. Secrets, yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry. That's a reference to National Treasure 2, Book of Secrets. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is not, really not, a, not a reference to Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows. Totally different. Book of Shadows. Yeah. Both yes. great books. <laughs> Both great books. My, my favorite list. books. Exactly. Yeah. I knew I should have gone with Haunted House 2, Secret of the Ooze. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Now you're speaking Pete's language. Yeah. Haunted House 2, Electric Boogaloo is also Can you talk a little bit? 
<laughs> sorry to derail from this, uh, derail from this derailment, which is a realment, mm. I guess. The what was the inspiration here? Were there specific movies, stories? Uh, Did you fall in you... love with a house one time and it broke your heart? Like, uh, you know, tell us. No, some truth it then. came on to me. Oh, I've heard that before. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I just remember watching a haunted house show, and I'm like, well, I, I wonder if this is like the ha- what's the house's perspective of this? Like, <laughs> we see yeah. so much a uh, haunted house stuff where it's the house is built where it shouldn't be, or like a mm-hmm. person was murdered in it. And I was thinking, what if the house itself is the problem? All these spooky things are because the house is trying to act out. Um, I, I agree about getting the house's perspective. Any like uh, home improvement <laughs> show I watch, I'm like, did you ask permission? Let's yeah, the did you check the that. house? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love the lettering in this book as well. For anybody who's listening, we're looking at a couple of pages here, and particularly for the house. Yeah, the, the house voice. Is great. Yeah, the house voice. It's it's built into the pages itself. There's no bubbles or anything like that. What led to that choice in particular? Uh yeah, I just kind of visual inspiration in mind like a lot of how i make comics i just have a certain scene in my head already and this one i just thought it'd be uh more ominous if the words were actually part of the house like Hmm. or part of the scene rather than you know a comic tool Hmm. do you view the house as the protagonist or the antagonist spoilers maybe I would say the protagonist, especially uh, with the journey we go on. Mm, that's Interesting. Cool. Um, and just to sort of wrap this up here a little bit, when so it's coming out November first. If people want to pick it up, what what should they do? Go to the comic book store and say, "Please order this at this point." Yeah, the best thing you can do is just go to your local comic shop and say, "I want Haunted House: A Love Story." It's in previews and it's coming through Blood Moon Comics. If you tell your comic shop that, they'll know what to do. Yeah. Go tomorrow when you go get your comics. And oh, do you have all done. six issues done at this point? Are they ready to go? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it'll awesome. be coming out monthly after that. Oh, that's, that's great. great. Uh, we have a comment here from Anthony Lash saying, I met Winston in Chicago. He draws a great silver surfer. Uh, can <laughs> oh, you confirm fun. or deny yeah, that? Yeah, um, I kind of have a gimmick to get people to my Comic-Con tables. My business card has a little white square on it. And I will say, what's your favorite superhero? And while they browse at my table, I'll draw for them. And so oh, I was lucky cool. enough to, thank you. I was lucky enough Very to nice. meet Anthony and draw him a silver surfer. Ah, that's awesome. That's I great. love that. That's a great, great thing to do at the table. Yeah, Alex uh, is going to steal that idea. Uh, yes, it's mine. <laughs> no, be be prepared to draw a lot of Spider-Mans. <laughs> <laughs> what, I'm gonna draw much... is, what I'm going to draw is a lot of stick figures with happy faces on them because that's all, right. all I can draw. So don't worry. Uh, I'm not not a good Spider-Man. He's famously not super happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you turn, a, turn it upside down. It's a frown, man. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Winston... You know, he's sticking to the ceiling. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, like that Australia guy who was also upside down who we just had on the show. Winston, thank you so much for coming on. The book is great. I can't wait for people to check yeah. it out. Please go to your comic book shop and order it. And uh, thank you. Enjoy the rest of the night in Chicago. Awesome. You have an yeah, extra hour. Thanks for an extra hour, you guys. <laughs> have a good one. Thanks, Winston. Uh, great too. book. All right. There we go. Once again, it is called Haunted House, a love story, and it is very, very cool. Yeah. And, folks, we are going to move on to our next section, which is my favorite section, because you all make it up as your audience questions. And 
again for audience questions all you got to do is drop a question in the comments on facebook youtube or twitch and we will get to them they could be about absolutely anything but why don't we go to what you drinking i am still murking my way through this delicious flamingo blood cocktail Flamingo mm. blood. I don't know if that's, I think that's what he is. Is that what you made, Alex? I think I I drained a flamingo. I, I squeezed it from the yeah, bottom. Yeah, I mean they got that they got that juicy part in the middle. You hold the neck, and you hold the legs, and you just sort of like twist you it with like a towel. Are you having I'm having a great time. Okay. Juicy really... part in the middle. You could say that about anything. <laughs> um, I guess uh, I'm drinking after Alex's comment my own vomit, but also. <laughs> I'm, I'm Drinking a little pills mafia. Go pills. Pills. Oh, that was a tough, tough, tough loss. loss last night for the Bills. Also a tough loss for the Jets, man. I mean, come on, Aaron Rodgers couldn't even get through a, a set of plays. That was yeah. heartbreaking. Aaron Rodgers died, right? I think I read that. Yeah, so yeah kind of. Okay. And to to a lot of fans, yes. Yeah. Pony boy. The pony boy. Yeah, I'm drinking pony a little boy. pony boy. Uh, still polishing these tall boys off. Uh, that's the nice thing about a taller beer is you get more beer. Uh, well, cool. We got a couple of questions already. And just to frame this up for anybody who doesn't know, we were at Baltimore Comic-Con we this were? past weekend. We were. So all three of us together for the that first time. That was a fever dream. <laughs> in the same place for <laughs> since when? March 14th or something like that? Of 2003. I think shutdown happened on a Tuesday, maybe, mm -hmm. or maybe a Monday. I, f I forget, but it was it was like six days before that, so it was like March fifth or something, uh, March seventh, maybe. Wild. Uh, well, there we go. Why don't we go to this one first from Michael Tillman? Favorite moment from Baltimore Comic Con? Favorite cosplay? For the second question, I'm going to turn to Pete because Pete is our cosplay official. He's got his There's eyes on the crowd. A lot of great cosplay out there. There was a dog uh, that had a lightsaber in its mouth that was amazing who swung by our table for a pick, which I was super happy about. Um, there was a guy dressed up from Spaceballs uh, with the all-white outfit with the white dome that was amazing. Uh, That's all Pete talks about on Sundays. <laughs> oh, man. There were so many. And Moranis. Uh, yeah, Rick Moranis from Ghostbusters with a kind of like a metal uh, thing on its head. It was just uh, an adorable choice by this lo lovely girl. So, yeah, I, there was uh, yeah there was, there was a lot oh, of... Speaking, sorry, that reminded me. I love the the girl who had the Appa from Avatar. The oh, yeah, that hoodie. That was great. That was it was just like a very stealth cosplay. There was also an amazing Miss Marvel yeah. that was uh, had an amazing outfit as well. Yeah. My favorite, I think, was there was this uh, cosplayer dressed as Pete LePage, but it was his beard. His beard was really gray, so it was a little off. Hey, and, and the Alex I saw was just like a couple inches shorter than the real Alex. Oh, yeah. come on, man, <laughs> Justin. Yeah, I I don't know. It's almost like those baby tees. We're just fitting you a little too tight. Maybe they're cutting off a little oxygen. That's 100% true. I'm definitely losing oxygen and gaining LBs. <laughs> what about favorite moment from Baltimore Comic Con other than the cosplay? What did you guys, what did you guys like in particular? Hmm. I, I mean, I'll throw out one. This is, yeah. uh, I mean, I, there were a lot of things that I really liked in general. Just meeting people who are coming out and saying, hey, I've been listening to your show for years was so nice and so flattering and so wonderful to hear. Um, I mean, I know we hear it from you all in the comments a lot, and we appreciate that, too, of course. But just 
also people who are like, oh my God, I used to listen to you guys back in the day. You're still doing this. I'm going to listen to the podcast again. But a specific personal experience was getting there Friday morning to do load in and going through the backstage of the convention center with all oh, the yeah. stuff to bring it. It was in. cool. It was, a it cool was cool. Through the backstage. It was like, it was an yeah. exciting feeling of, I, I felt like a rock star being loaded 100%. in the back. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was pretty cool. sweet. So that, that was like, that was definitely the moment where I was like, oh, we're actually doing this. We're doing a table. We're actually at a Comic-Con, which I've barely been to any comic conventions or literally anything for the past couple of years. So um, that was that was really fun. And then yeah. all of the interviews we did over the course of the weekend, that was really fun as well. Yeah. Well, my favorite uh, piece of being at the con, besides seeing you dorks, was um, <laughs> our interview with uh, Torin Gronbeck. Oh, uh, yeah, that was great. I love talking to her about all of the books that she does realm of x thor all that really great interview coming soon yeah yeah i there was a lot of really great moments the people watching was amazing but also just kind of being a part of the nerd factor in baltimore was really nice um there was this fun moment where i was walking to get food uh which i like to do uh Mm. and uh there was like this race going by and the guy who was going to the convention was like, I don't want to be healthy. And he had to like run uh, to kind of get across so he wouldn't interrupt the race. It was just such a funny thing to yell. Um, but yeah, I agree. Like just kind of the um, the interviews and seeing everybody was really awesome. But also just like seeing other people dressed up like friend groups and kind of like what they all kind of uh, uh, showed up as and seeing kind of being able to witness all that was just really, really cool. Uh, cool. Why don't we, we got a bunch more questions here. This is from Derek Mainhart. Loved all the CBC interviews from Baltimore Con. Doc Shaner teased an upcoming Black Label title. Any guesses as to what characters he's tackling? My guess is Challengers of the Unknown. Ooh, uh, just to mention, we there. have a bunch more interviews that are going to be going up over the next couple of weeks. So definitely check them all out. We already put up stuff with Tony Fleeks. Talking about Please. Stray Dogs, Local Man, and Army of Darkness. We have Doc Shaner. That was a delight. He was so nice. Um, he got held up at his table because he had like a, a line around the block. It was so apologetic about it and came over the next day. Absolutely lovely to talk to him yeah. about Strange Adventures and his Black Label stuff. And the other one that we put up was David Popose. We talked to him about The Punisher. Pete is now sold on the new Punisher. Well, we got to see some images of it. Yeah! Yeah. Secret. secret. Uh, And there's plenty more to come, so definitely check all of that out. But one of the things, just to be more specific about this, Doc Shaner is doing a Black Label title. He, If I remember correctly, he said it was something that people have been asking him about for a while, but he wasn't sure how to do, and he finally figured out how to do it. And he's going to be both writing and drawing the book. And you mm. had some, you had an interesting guess that you. Uh... My immediate guess was Metal Men is what I thought uh, it was. Did that's just... funny. I I was thinking like Metamorpho, Metal mm. Men, definitely in that space. But yeah, Metal Men is just one because I feel like it's a tough nut to crack. Like it's tough to wrap your head around, and it feels like the sort of thing you could do something really interesting in a black label book. Um, I'd also love to see. Doc Shader draw the metal men, but Challengers of the Unknown is a good guess as well. Yeah, also. There it go. Thanks, Derek Mainhart. 
Uh, this is from Nelson Kelso. Checking in to see if you guys finished my adventures with Superman. Also, Pete, have you started your One Piece live action journey yet? Damn it, Nelson Kelso. You're right. I'm slipping. I, I should have been watching One Piece. God, I forgot about One Piece. Oh, dang it. I knew there was something I should have been doing. I am seven episodes into my adventures with Superman, and it is so good. Uh, I've been watching it with my son, so uh-huh. whenever we watch next, we'll uh, we'll probably finish it off. But it's great. You would watch it a little bit too, right, Justin? I actually haven't watched it yet. I was going oh, okay. to, and then my uh, my daughter and I are watching Rebels instead. Oh, okay. I yep. wanted to watch Rebels uh, coming out of Ahsoka, and she's like, "What do you? Would you say?" And I was like, "Play." <laughs> so we're <laughs> we're giving that a shot. It's good. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I started it. I got to pick back up. Uh, so far, it's amazing. Uh, I'll just bring up this comment per the sports discussion earlier. Billy Coyle on Facebook says that seventy-five seconds of play with about seventy-five million guaranteed. Not a bad day. Do you guys understand what that means? Yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's like Aaron Rodgers. Not- yeah, that's not exactly uh, how you'd like to do it for sure. It was, Maybe that's uh, not the best way to it, but I heard ayahuasca actually is really good for Achilles injuries. So oh, shots fired. Shots fired. That's positive. That's just good medical advice. Oh, man. This is from Brett Macris. After all the great interviews you've done Straight at Baltimore bullies? Com- Straight bullies. After all the great interviews you've done at Baltimore Comic Con, has there ever been an interview that threw you guys, someone that you asked yourself if this person should be canceled? Uh, she gets- uh, well, no, I don't know if they about canceled, but we've talked a lot about how the Venture Brothers, when we interviewed them at New York Comic Con, they were not always challenging it at all. Like, well, they clearly are like, oh, "You want to interview us? Good luck!" And then, yeah, like, <laughs> we just grabbed the the saddle and tried to hold on for dear life. And I honestly, thought we always we always did a good job. We always could find some some jokes in there to hit. With yeah, some. Together. Some people you got to prove you're worthy mm-hmm. uh, of their time and energy. Um, some people what we've talked to and then just been like, "Oh God, uh, what have we gotten ourselves into?" For sure, I don't want to name any names or anything, but yeah, it's definitely been like, "What kind of can of worms did we open?" Uh, um, I'll name one that I think I ended up doing by myself, if I remember correctly. Alex, you might have been there, but Corey Feldman. I think we did him together. I think we, did we interviewed do it together? him together. I think so. That one, I was like, what are we talking about? And then he was <laughs> just a combination of famous person who is mm-hmm. like there to do something, but maybe isn't the most passionate about it. And us being like, let's talk about this thing. That was a wild one. Yeah. This is from Kevin after the recipe book. What's the next CBC tome going to be? So. Mm-hmm. Just for anybody who doesn't know about this, we brought to Baltimore a little ash can, basically a self-printed zine type book of some of Brett's awesome cocktail recipes to sell at the table. People loved it. We're super into it, which was exciting. I think if we do another table at some point, we'll probably do another five recipes. So that'll probably be the next CBC tome or something like that. Dark Betty was in there in case you're wondering. Dark Betty was in there. That's the one that I plugged. My sales pitch was always like, I would go through, I'd show them the cocktails. They'd like their eyes would pop out of their head because they'd be so excited about comic book cocktails. I'd be like, I swear they're like actually legit delicious cocktails because I think most of the stuff that you find online is like 
It's a kryptonite cocktail, and it's just all yeah. sour apple juice. And yeah, that's pretty much it. It tastes like melted Jolly Ranchers. You're gonna love it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and these cocktails were legit. I mean, we gotta do full color edition. Let's go. Well, I mean, yeah. Stray Bullies is a real chef. I mean, the dude is unbelievable. I can legit. attest to that. Yeah, I, was... I can also attest to it. Don't try flexing on me, brah. Tell you what, I you. can attest to it. <laughs> this is from uh, Derek. Any cool Baltimore bar stories? You guys went to a bar afterwards. Yeah, we did. We got sick of your shit, and we were like, "Yo, let's go to a bar, man." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was fun. Uh, we went to a bar on our way out of town. Pete and I go went and uh, guzzled some beer. Uh, Pete got a crab cake, even though That's he right. lives down there. He was like, "I'm gonna have a crab cake." I well, I always wondered wings. how, because I've been to that bar a bunch of times and saw the crab cake on the menu, and the pictures look pretty good. So I was like, how legit yeah, is it? Pictures pretty legit. So pretty after legit. my my two beers, I got in the car with Alex, who was driving, and drove through one of the more insane thunderstorms <laughs> I've ever been in a car for. Glad yeah. you had those beers, huh? Oh, my God. First... First, we were driving out of, like, saw the most beautiful rainbow I've ever seen in my life. It was a uh, legit, like, total, complete arc over the highway. It was super there. Like, it was not a reedy rainbow. It was, like, a real rainbow. It was gorgeous. And we're like, wow, what a lovely drive we're having. And then five beautiful. minutes, ten minutes later, something like that, sheets of rain so hard you couldn't see right in front of the windshield. It was pretty horrifying. But, but you guys are alive, so that's great news. No, we're doing this from heaven no, for our first guests. Uh, yeah. Uh, we have a couple of great guesses here for what Doc Shader might be doing. Blackhawk, New Gods, mm. Barbarian. New Gods. New Gods is a good guess. Yeah. Mm. I could see that. That would be interesting. Um, Stanley says, was it different meeting each other in person than online? What did you do all when you first met up? Well, um, these guys were down there for two days ahead of me. So when I got down there, they were already sort of uh, sick of each other, <laughs> mischaracterizing, or at least in a routine. We and were so in I, the routine. We were in a yeah. routine, yeah. 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 So we, I, the three of us stood there awkwardly for a minute, and then I said, mm -hmm. let's take a picture. Or Alex said that, maybe. Yeah, um, I just kept poking them to be like, are you real? Are you seriously right in front of me? Yeah, it was kind of crazy. Yeah, I, I will mention two things that happened in terms of seeing each other for the first time. Actually, just one thing is that I, Justin texted, it was like, hey, I'm here. And I came out with his badge and Pete came back with a bunch of waters and some other stuff you'd picked up, came down the stair, the stairs. And I was like, hey, Justin's almost here. And Pete was like, great. And went into the con and left me there. All this, yeah, like, I was so carrying I heavy know, stuff. I had to set it down and go get. I had a goal. You know what I mean? See, look at look at these two. This is how they were in person, except nonstop. <laughs> this is from Frederico. Stop Rosa. judging me. Do you guys usually listen back to episodes you missed? Hmm. Great question. I I do not everyone maybe but I definitely like to hear the uh, takes and guests that I missed because I can't I can't be behind on anything I I listen to see how mad I should be at you guys the next time <laughs> I'm on the you know on yeah, the I don't ever and I, never I uh, and I don't miss episodes well. <laughs> <laughs> All right big time that's legit true. Shouts to Alex. No, or <laughs> if I do miss this episode, I'm editing it together. So, of course, I'm listening to it a little bit. Uh, and we got one <laughs> last one here from Brett. Does a house that falls in love give new meaning to Alex's favorite term, fuck calls? Um, I, I bring this up just because I want to say 
I want to get a little credit for the fact that I wanted to make a joke about that and I didn't. About oh, you want credit for that? You want credit I, for several that? times I restrained myself, and I think that's really a wow. Herculean effort on my part. So thank you, guys. thank you for that. Thank, you're like you're you. sober as a monk, Alex. <laughs> All right, that is it for your audience questions. We're going to move on with our next section, which is trivia, and for that, we're going to turn it over to Pete LePage. Right, yeah. This is the part we give back to you, the lovely audience. It's an opportunity to win twenty-five free dollars to Midtown Comics Online, or maybe fillet a fish or whatever stupid. Uh, uh, Heat Long John Long John Silver. Long John Silver. Uh, my bad, my bad. Uh, Long John Silver uh, for some reason or whatever. But yeah, all we need is a uh, you know first hand up. I'll volunteer. Uh, somebody make Kevin do it. You know, something uh, along those lines. Um, or if we don't hear anything, you know, maybe one of you guys will volunteer and we can give something to no, a we'll charity. get someone. We've had a lot of people in the in the crowd raising yeah. their hands. Yeah. Um, yeah. If not, yeah, this, we can donate to... What, what do you guys think? Like the impeach Joe Biden fund? We can no, the Maui, <laughs> dude. We go to, you know... Uh, Hawaii's going through a horrible thing right now. You don't get to go to Maui if you donate to Maui. No, you donate to, yeah, all the rebuilding that's going over there. Um, Oh, Barbarian Kung Fu says, do I ask you a question? Uh, Oh, and then Padiko Mondial says, can I go? Do we want to give it to Padiko so that Barbarian can see? Oh, David said, I'll do it. David's up. Oh, David's up. All right, it is up. David, you are up. Okay. All right. All right, here we go. Today's trivia is a topical comedy news and a small nod to the legend, Gail Honeycutt, R.I.P. Please listen to all three options before making your selection. Here we go. Question number one. Justin's wish has come true. Who will be in Gen V? Is it A, The Deep, B, Philip J. Fry, or C, Ray Fry? Hmm. A little nod to Justin in this one and his love of the deep. Interesting. Right. Only the deep... What? <laughs> Only the deep is a boy's character. Hmm. Yeah, I guess that that is a big clue. Alex, did Pete... Are you part of trivia now? I don't know. I'm just trying to kill time. Oh, that's nice of you. It's yeah. not killing time when we're all hanging out like friends. Oh, is this what we're huh. doing? David says, okay. Okay, <laughs> well, he's he's right. Uh, okay is right. It's the deep. <laughs> A is correct. Nice I'm job, glad we David. do this part of the show. This works well. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. And what's nice is over the years, it's been getting better. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Real improvement. As your, as your patience increases, Pete. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we go. Question number two. Dark Horse is coming out with a gothic horror western comic called Canary, written by whom? Is it A, Scott Snyder, B, Super French Name, or C, Jean-Paul Dubois? Mm, I see. Mm. Uh, Now, you know, we actually reported this news on Comic Book Club News, our daily news podcast that drops in its own daily feed. So if you've been listening to that, you would know the answer to this, Um, like some sort of canary in a cold mine. Maybe Ooh. Pete wrote this question as a subtle nod to set you up for that per- very particular plug. That's what he always does. You know what, Pete? Just, he I, listens. 
Yes. Well, not that he, not just that he listens, but Pete is always somebody who's like, whatever I can do to set up you, Alex, to talk about one of our other podcasts in a coherent and cohesive way, I'm happy to do it. Yes, you are right, David. It is a thank you for saving this. Uh, All right, here we go. Question number three. In December, we were getting a Hellboy winter special called Blank. Is it A, Hellboy murders Santa and chugs a beer? B, the Yule Cat? Or C, Gene Hackman? Oh, interesting. We actually reported that as well on the Comic Book Club News Podcast in its own Monday through Friday, 6 a.m., which you can also listen to ad-free at patreon.com slash comicbookclub. Alex, be careful. If you plug something twice, it's called an unplug. Yeah. Uh, You just unplug that. Don't, yeah, that. It's part of us. (laughs) Well, You're the weatherman. You're the weatherman on Comic Book Club News. Yes. Uh, Whatever you want it to be, I guess, would be the answer. Oh, that was smooth, man. It was smooth. Thanks, Ben. Wow. I love this. is the first time we've ever helped out. (laughs) (laughs) That's the confusing part to me is Alex contributing. Yeah. David, you're right. B is the correct answer. (laughs) You didn't say that, but that's all right. You did. As Pete was saying it. Oh, he did say it. Okay, there we go. So congratulations, David. You have won a gift card to Midtown Comics. Shoot us an email and we will get that to you. Pete, what is the secret movie that you're hinting at here? Of course, I was talking about the 1985 thriller Target. (laughs) What? Why? This person person died. This person, did you just watch this movie? Or did you just go to a Target? Who is this person? She died like last month. You know, guys, there. You know, you got, there's a lot of people that die, unfortunately. You know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. I try to get to the, you know, everybody in a reasonable. You don't uh, have time. to get to everybody. You also don't have to do a tribute to a dead person. <laughs> You're right, Alex. I don't, but yet I do because I care. Oh, okay, fair nice. enough. Thank you you know what I care about? Jail, you know what I care about? I care about the fact that new comics are coming out all the time. What are you guys looking forward to that is coming out this week? Pete, what titles are you looking forward to? Oh, man, there's a lot of great stuff. But I also want to thank Michael Tillman for pointing out the proper way to pronounce Tarjay. Um, I'm looking uh, looking forward to uh, Hexagon Bridge, number one. Wow. Batman Gargoyle of Gotham, number one. And also Incredible Hulk, number four. Hmm. What about Pete, you, Justin? It's weird. I agree with all of Pete's picks, oddly. Uh, a couple from me. There's a couple um, interesting X books coming out uh, that we, Alex and I, will talk about, no doubt, in uh, on the stack, but also in our Fall of X podcast uh, that we do. But I got to shout out Danger Street number nine by Tom. Yes, Hill. dude. Can't uh, wait to talk sick. to you guys about that. This is my favorite issue of the series. Sick, just like one-off issue. Great conversation and back and forth. And I'm not going to let a week go by without highlighting the Enfield Gang Massacre by Chris Conn and Jacob Phillips, my guys um, from uh, That Texas Blood. I love this book as well. Def, check it out. Uh, Alex, if I may, before uh, you start, I just wanted to say, like, I was talking about Incredible Hulk and Philip Kennedy Johnson is someone we had an amazing interview with. True. Uh, he talked about the, this book a little bit. Absolutely. And two that I'll give a shout out to from the world of minor threats, the alternates, number one, we really love mm. this superhero rep from Patton oh, yeah. Oswald and Jordan Bloom. Tim Seeley is coming on board for this team. new series, which 
very much looking forward to that from Dark Horse. And the other one is Avengers Inc. Number one, written by Al Ewing, which looks to be very interesting to talk yeah, about. A lot of Al Ewing in the stack. Yeah. A lot of Al Ewing. It's we're viewing Al Ewing. Wow. Pro- he's profession Al Ewing. That's how busy uh, he is. There we go. Well, there you all go. That is it for this week's show. There's a couple of people we want to thank. We want to thank Brian Ray for, and Lucian Brown for coming yes. on to talk about fixing flamingos. Check it you out. You got to check out that 19th. book. It's crazy. Great book. <coughs> Excuse me. From Chronicle. Matt Groom for talking about Inferno Go Red. Yes, that is on amazing. Kickstarter for the nine days. Oh my God, Don't I'm die. Dying. Don't die. I'm going to make it through somehow. Which didn't... Gabro, go check out Haunted House oh Love Story. Oh my god, what is your uh, I don't know. Haunted House of Love Story yes. in stores November 1st, but final order cutoff is the end of this week. Next week on the show, about it. Steve Arena is going to be here to talk about Foulmouth and Josh Tuninga to talk about We Are Not Strangers. Scott Pilgrim versus the podcast. Our Scott Pilgrim podcast is kicking off running through the old volumes of the series as we lead up to the Netflix series. Comic Book Club News, which I already mentioned a couple of times in its own dedicated feed. Sons of a Gun, our DC podcast, Marvel Vision, our Marvel podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club to support the show and all the shows we do don't forget to subscribe on apple android spotify or the app of your choice at comic book live on twitter slash x comic book club live on instagram and tiktok comic book club live.com for this podcast and many more until next time we'll see you at the comic book club at the comic book con alex has con cough later uh, <laughs> thanks everybody